Sophie Hardy and the Battle of the Myriad by M.R. Dale Narrated by Leona Hall Chapter 18 Speech A couple of million, Sophie kept thinking to herself. She had stood up in assemblies to receive prizes for best pupil of the week or to get given a certificate for sports day, but this was obviously not even slightly comparable. The only other instance she could think of for standing in front of a crowd was in front of the class when answering a question. Even when she'd been given her implant and it had been broadcast all over the world, she had been caught unawares, didn't have time to worry about it and most definitely didn't have to give a speech of any description, never mind one that could shape the fate of the whole planet. What are you looking so worried about? Kingsley asked, detecting that Sophie wasn't exactly brimming with confidence. Sophie gave him a stern look of, you can't seriously be asking that question, and Kingsley quickly realised, you've got nothing to worry about, he hastily added. Sophie's look didn't change, so Kingsley continued to think on his feet. You tried to talk down my mum when she'd gone full changeling. That was in front of loads of others. Considering what Kingsley had just said, Sophie realised that he was right, but then soon noticed a flaw in his argument. But that brought about the disappearance of every human on the planet who hadn't got an implant, she snapped back. True, Kingsley unhelpfully replied. He quickly shifted his gaze back to the scenery, as trying to make Sophie feel better really wasn't working. What are you going to say? Lizzie then asked, still looking through the window and making no eye contact with Sophie at all. Had she not known her sister, Sophie wouldn't even have said that she was talking to her. The truth, I suppose, Sophie replied. These mythicals have let us in here because of our truth and honesty. I can't change now. They would never trust us again. Kingsley nodded in agreement. He knew best after all. He was one of the mythicals and had known the others for the longest, albeit only a few days. And he held their trust in the highest regard and could vouch for the girls from first-hand experience. Sophie looked out over the paradise the mythicals had created and thought about what Alton King would give to get where they were. The different landscapes, the different mythicals. He would have no trouble convincing the world that mythical creatures were back and Sophie knew that he would somehow be able to manipulate the situation to his advantage. There was no question that she would have to stand up in front of all of them and there was no question of what she was going to have to tell them. But Sophie was still incredibly nervous but at least it was a better feeling than the stomach-churning one that she had had for the last ten days. All that was currently a distant memory. As she continued to look out of the window, she saw that all the mythicals in sight were heading towards the epicentre where Sophie and the others had just met Echidna and suddenly vanishing about ten metres before they reached the end of their zones. Sophie turned to see what Echidna made of this. However, there wasn't time for Sophie's thought process to kick in as Echidna was a few feet behind her, beckoning her to follow her through the door they had walked through upon their arrival. The only thing that kept running through Sophie's mind but didn't make her feel even more nervous was the constantly reappearing thought of what would Dad make of all this. As Echidna led the three children out of the overwatch, Sophie put her arm round Lizzie's shoulder, but it fell straight through and smiled a very brief, if very nervous, smile. Lizzie looked a bit baffled by what her sister was doing and stepped away from her to avoid her trying to do it again. This upset Sophie slightly, but there was no time for that. Ready or not, it was speech time. Sophie, Lizzie and Kingsley were all led out of the room onto the branch that had brought them up to the viewing tower. 
This time, the huge piece of bark that had sprung out of the floor took them down to the ground again and out of the large doors that Echidna had led them through what Sophie thought was about an hour ago, but in all honesty, she had completely lost track of time. On top of that, she felt like she was having one of those outer-body experiences that she had when she walked out of Mrs Phoenix's lesson. She could see herself making her way towards whatever this chancery was to talk to over two million creatures, but she couldn't feel it. She was far too wrapped up in her own thoughts. Lizzie, meanwhile, was starting to take it all in, much more than she had when they first arrived. However, she didn't seem to be as impressed and blown away by everything as Sophie was, presumably because she had lived such a shorter life and this wasn't anything unusual because she knew no better. Sophie's head was beginning to hurt, even though she was in her avatar due to the impending pressure she was about to be put under. Kingsley looked unfazed by everything, but he had been living in Meliora with the Myriad for a few days now. As a result, Sophie stood out a bit compared to her sister and her friend. Echidna glided out the huge doors and headed back to where they had come from when they first met, the epicentre of the whole location, the meeting point of all those different zones. Standing in the centre of the huge grass circle, Echidna beckoned Sophie, Lizzie and Kingsley to come and stand with her in the centre of everything. The three accepted and Sophie once again found herself walking but not feeling like she was in control of her legs. Give me a second, Echidna said, and she turned away from the three of them and raised her arms gradually. As she did so, the ground shook and all around the four of them, what Sophie thought looked like hundreds of stone columns began to shoot out of the ground. Tiny pieces of grey stone fell from them as they did so, but there was never any danger of them hitting the four of them on the floor as they evaporated into thin air as they fell. Five seconds later, and the columns were still coming. Sophie, however, could now see that they weren't columns, but were bits of stone that could act as seats for many thousands of spectators. It was like an enormous football stadium was being built around them in surreally quick time. After a few more seconds, Echidna lowered her arms and the arena stopped building itself. Sophie looked up, but, as with the inside of the skyscraper from earlier, she couldn't see where the structure finished. She could now make out stone bench-shaped objects all around the inside that would be surely filled by anyone and everyone soon. No sooner had Echidna lowered her arms, Sophie's prediction proved accurate. From out of what appeared to be nowhere, Everything that Sophie had ever read about started appearing in the stands. Creatures such as imps were on the front row, with various other small beings. The crowd then got taller and taller the further back they went, culminating in the highest row that Sophie could see containing orcs, giants and the like. Flying creatures circled overhead before stopping and hovering, taking their place in the sky, all ready to hear what the strange little human girl had to say. There was a slight hustle from them as they sat down, but as soon as they had done so, silence fell. They looked upon Echidna and each other with huge respect, and nobody was going to disturb the goings-on. They had clearly been summoned for something important, and they knew it. They also knew that silence was expected as part of their community, and that any disturbance would be dealt with in a way that part of Sophie wanted to see, but part of her really didn't. Knowing that she had their full attention, Echidna started to address them. As she did so, Sophie noticed that her voice was reverberating everywhere. Clearly there was some sort of magic which projected her voice for those sat up in the gods. That got Sophie into thinking, who exactly was in the gods? 
Stopping partway through her opening sentence, Echidna looked at the ground beneath her and seemed to realise that she had forgotten something. She whistled loudly and the grass floor beneath her immediately turned to glass. Sophie looked down and could see the enormous creature swimming around underneath them that she had seen earlier. Its size was immeasurable and it just kept on going underneath them with no sign of a tail or a head. Before Sophie could study any longer, Echidna started speaking again as she restarted her speech. To the side of the underwater creature, mermaids, calypsos and sirens swam with their ears to the glass to make sure they could hear exactly what was being said. Myriad, I bring you here with a grave warning, Echidna reopened with. There were no gasps, nobody was startled and they all just sat there listening. It was quite the opposite of being at school. The humans may once again be looking to do us harm. Still silence. These children carry a message of a threat to us, and I want us as a people to decide what our response and action should be. I assure you, you have nothing to fear from these humans. In fact, these are the ones who released so many of you from Zapvor. If it were not for these children, we would still be missing so many. So, I ask of you to give them your time. Then, we will decide amongst ourselves. Lizzie stepped forward and whispered to Sophie, She does know Kingsley and I weren't in Zapvor with you. Lizzie whispered, and for the first time Sophie could detect actual worry in her sister's voice. Don't think now is the right time to tell her, Sophie replied, understanding Lizzie's concern, but assured enough of herself to know that it was something to bring Echidna up to speed on later, if it ever came up. Before Sophie could think any more, Echidna was gesturing towards her, trying to get her to start speaking. Sophie took a deep breath and stepped forward. Don't worry, they won't interrupt, Echidna whispered as she slithered behind Sophie towards the outside of the epicentre. Sophie shuffled her feet slightly and put her hands behind her back, interlocking her fingers to look as important as possible. It was then that she thought about Dad and just decided to speak from the heart as she felt sure that's what he would have done. My name is Sophie Hardy and I am here today to tell you that your paradise, which my sister and friends have fallen in love with in the short time we have been here, is under threat from outside your walls. A good start, Sophie thought to herself. A man named Alton King has taken such control over humanity with his invention that he believes you are a threat to his way of life and a legacy that he thinks he is creating. He wants to wrongly blame you for an incident that occurred on Earth just last week and plans to do this by snatching some of you and showing humans that mythicals have returned and are to blame for what happened. This would allow him to continue to grow his company and mould humanity into seeing what he wants them to see, all to protect his company. Sophie took a second to double-check that everything she was saying was accurate. It was, but she couldn't help but worry that she could be explaining it more clearly. We bring you this warning because what he is doing is wrong, exposing you and getting humanity to treat you as villains again. We have seen in just this short time that you are so much more than that, and we will support you in whatever decision you make. But I repeat, he wants to kidnap some of you, and that could just be the start of it. If what he says comes to pass, then humans could start a war with you. Sophie stopped to take stock. She couldn't think of anything else to say, but the eerie silence still lingered. It felt like she should wait for a round of applause. Unsurprisingly, it didn't come. Echidna slid forward and put an arm round Sophie as she could see that the speech was over. There you have it. What are people's opinions? Sophie saw about five mythicals move higher up but couldn't make out what they were. 
What she could work out, though, was that they had put their hands up and Echidna pointed at one of them. Do we stand against just one man? came the voice from high up. Echidna looked to Sophie. He would not be one man. He is building an army as we speak, Sophie replied. That would take time, came the voice. Echidna again looked to Sophie. She was clearly learning as her people were. Not as much time as you would think. He has access to time-altering devices, which slow down and speed up time. It could take him months. It could take him minutes. Echidna nodded and pointed to the next figure with their hand up. Does he know where we are? the voice asked. Maybe. I deliberately left a trail for him to follow. I know him well, and I thought if he found you quicker, he would be more impatient and not build as strong an army. I think he knows I left it there for him to find, but I'm pretty sure he will know where you are. Yes, you will just need to trust me. Sophie thought she sounded like she was waffling, but then caught sight of Kingsley nodding at his friend's sneakiness, but also a bit sceptical about the possible reaction coming her way from those around her as she had basically led the villain literally right to the doorstep of the innocent bystanders. Don't worry, Sophie. We all trust you here. You have given us no reason not to. If you say that was the right thing to do, we believe you, Echidna said, doing her best to reassure Sophie. Sophie was relieved that her deception of King had paid off, at least amongst the mythicals, and that she had earned enough trust amongst them for her plan to potentially work. Meanwhile, Echidna was pointing at another hand that had been raised. "'What do you think our choices are, Echidna?' asked the voice. Echidna thought for a moment, clearly wanting to take the time to process everything that she had just heard and assess how her people were taking this news. Sophie took a step towards Lizzie and Kingsley, believing her time in the spotlight had come to an end. "'Well done!' Kingsley whispered as quietly as he could. Thanks, Sophie whispered back. Sophie continued to watch as Echidna took all sorts of suggestions from her crowd of followers. Instantly fight back. Let him come to us. Offer up a willing volunteer for King to use for his plan to keep Meliora safe. The Mythicals didn't seem to care what the humans thought of them, but they did care about them finding their home after all these years and destroying their way of life that they had worked so hard to create. Throughout the whole discussion, there was a sense of calm. Everyone was listening. Nobody was distracted by some screen like Sophie had seen humans do. It was a joy to behold an intelligent conversation being carried out in such a pleasant way about something so potentially damaging, even though people shared different opinions. Had this been humanity as it is, then there would have been all sorts of arguing and accusations and disagreements simply because people thought differently. Not in Meliora, though. After a few minutes of listening to the ideas, Sophie suddenly realised she had forgotten one extremely important factor in the whole story. She stepped forward and stood next to Echidna. It gave Sophie a sense of power that she had never felt before. The public speaking had gone so well that she was on such a high, she felt relaxed and like she could say anything and she would get listened to. Her heart was beating like crazy and she wasn't even her real self. If it makes a difference, we received word that Condonar is coming she said before going to step back once more but deciding that she should remain in the centre. For the first time in the chancery, there were gasps and mutterings. Creatures turned to the creature next to them and began to talk. Sophie had clearly pushed some buttons with what she had just said. Once again, though, she found herself feeling left out, as she still didn't know who this woman was or what the threat she carried was. A voice shouted from the crowd, and Echidna glared at its origin, clearly crossed that someone would break rank and begin shouting out. "'Then we have to aim for peace, or we will have our way of life turned upside down!' the voice shouted. 
Tell us more about why Condonar is coming, Echidna asked Sophie, as she tried to regain control of a crowd that was quickly turning at the mere mention of a name. Sophie could sense the change in the atmosphere and began to try and explain using her very limited knowledge of the woman of which she spoke. When we freed the prisoners from Zapfor, Condonar's husband was apparently amongst the inmates. He was desperate to go home and see his wife, and now we believe that Condonar is coming to enact revenge for humans holding him prisoner. More gasps and mutterings went up, and yet another voice shouted out. Echidna gestured for everyone to calm down, but she was struggling to keep a lid on it. So, it isn't just Condonar, but an angry Condonar out for revenge, was the gist of the mutterings amongst the mythicals. Sophie just shrugged, as she genuinely didn't know anything else. "'How do you know this?' asked another voice. Echidna was now almost spinning round on the spot to keep track on who was shouting. An inmate known as Desmerelda told me. She was Kingsley's mum and became friends with Condonar's husband during her time in Zatfor. That is everything I know. I don't even know who Condonar actually is or what threat she possesses, Sophie concluded. At that last comment, there were a few sniggers from the crowd and for the first time since she had started talking, Sophie began to feel a bit uncomfortable and as a result, she took the step backwards that she had contemplated earlier. The humans don't even know what's coming, one voice shouted. Leave them to fend for themselves, came another. That would not reflect well on us when she recites her judgment on our group, shouted another in response to that, and Echidna was really losing control. Echidna turned to the three children and said, We need time. Go back home and we will contact you shortly once I have regained control and we have come to an agreement. Kingsley, you have earned the right to stay with us and help us reach a decision, so would you please stay? Kingsley nodded and Sophie didn't need telling twice. You can't zone out while you're in Meliora. You need to leave through the front door and do it, Kingsley said to Sophie and Lizzie. I have changed the signals to allow our four visitors to zone out from here, but nobody else can, Echidna said, all the while keeping her eyes on the crowd. Sophie acknowledged that this was a huge moment in earning Echidna's trust and thanked her. Before she zoned out, Sophie looked at the disarray the mere mention of Condonar's name had caused and began to wonder even more exactly who this woman was and what terrible, terrible fate the Mythicals thought she would bring to Earth. Realising that no Mythical was ready to talk about this, she zoned back out and back into the reality of her bedroom. The Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale, and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels, or if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, then be sure to check out our website, www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.